0: Welcome to another episode of NBA Betting, presented by Rosenballs. Talking about the offseason. James Harden. This story's gone back and forth. It's the Harden and Lillard summer. Every summer, there's like a star, a quasi-star, whatever, that's on the block. We, we discussed Pro situation with Lillard. And Philly's situation with Harden is not going to be much different, right? So to quickly recap, going into the off season, we weren't sure was he going to sign with Houston, you know, and, and I think that led to... for lack of a better term, um, an understanding of what Harden's incentives and initiatives are. Right. And and it it does seem like Harden misses old Harden. You know, with D'Antoni and in Houston. And look, I get it. The whole team was structured around him. He kind of had carte blanche. It was okay. He didn't play defense. And, you know, he was a one-man record. Right. He has no franchise. Great. And look, you know, these guys have an ego. and I think Harden puts up enough quality games without Embiid now and, and since then that he still feels like he could um, hold that role. Right. Even though he's been a good soldier and, and acquiesced to Embiid, that, that seems like the, you know, the, the flow. And it's also like a tough duo. Harden and Embiid, right? Harden, you would think works better with guys who could play off the ball well. You know, look, everybody plays better with Steph Curry. That's not like a, a unique thought. Everyone would love to play with Steph Curry or a Spacer like that. Harden's no different. He would love spacing. Him and Chris Paul were the closest that got it done. And I think Harden wants to get back to that level and, and that, you know, hold that mantle. Okay. So now, obviously, since he did the, he almost did the extension, or signed the, the uh, what's it called, the qualifying offer, if you will, and then requested a trade. Obviously, tells you that uh, not a fan of Philly and Nick Nurse and all that, uh, and and now wants to leave. And we discussed this before. There, there's a couple of different ways now to win the NBA, right? So the problem is Maury's past. Maury, I call uh, had this NBA Jam mentality. Bill Simmons talks about it all the time. He's Jose Maury. Um, and and to kind of bullet in a, in a, you know, to kind of synthesize this a little bit, um, his mentality is, you know, let's just get, let's win the duo contest, right? NBA is basically a two on two, a three on three, and then the rest of the guys are complimentary. They're easy to get. Right? So like, we're going to have a better duo, you know, and he's always trying to get that second star. The problem is with Maury is it hasn't really worked. Now I would argue, the McGrady Yao Ming tandem, it was just it was health, right? Those two guys hit at the same time. All right, maybe we're talking, but it never it never happened. They were both quite injury prone. This isn't that different, right? With Harden and Embiid, I mean Embiid, you know, ha- had a nice, uh, healthiest year last year for him, and but Harden is going to deteriorate in health. You got to figure he's going to have some games on the shelf here and there. Maury, I think, needs to accept the fact the NBA has changed, and there's a separate style that could work. Right now, we talked about this before. You could make an argument. There's not necessarily, in addition to be a subtraction from Harden. I would always argue the Sixers are better with Harden than without Harden. But if you did release Harden, you you would you would get you would see what Maxi can do. Maxi would get you know, more minutes, more usage, as with Harris, by the way, who shot extremely well. <laughs> and you could probably make up the offense without him. The one team that – now, Harness picked his teams, but the one team that they keep coming back to are the Clippers. So initially, you know, look, look what do the Clippers have? They don't really have much. It's, it's two guys. They've got injury-prone. Like, Really? We're really going to do deal with the Clippers, and, and, and Leonard's not involved. George isn't involved. Like, why, why even bother? And I think the, the Sixers held back on that. Now they seem to be re-engaged, which is interesting. I'd argue, let's look at this Philly team, right? So they're pretty much bringing back everybody. They lost uh, Niang, which is a decent loss. So you look at this roster and you're like, all right, let's say Embiid even mimics the year he had last year. In a playoff series, this is enough, right? And I think, like, what the lesson for Maury is the NBA is not as top-heavy as it once was. And There's a couple points on this. First off, um, you know, it used to be to win in the regular season, depth was, was huge. It's made sense because you have, I always call it the dog days of January. You have these, you know, back-to-back in Atlanta. You play Charlotte on, on the third game in four nights, et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, it's tough to get up for each, each game. And if the superstars don't play well, then, like, who's making up for it, right? And typically you want superstars that, like, I'll throw Tatum in here and others as an example. They do other things besides scoring. So the, the other problem with Harden is, like, if Harden doesn't have a good night, he, he's an airball. He's not giving you anything else. He's not giving you defense. You know, uh, he doesn't do as much as a playmaker. He's given up a lot, actually, on the defensive. So, like, if he's not playing well, he's a disaster. So he's kind of has this drastic, um, you know, more of this kind of drastic jeez. More of this drastic, more of this drastic thing. Um, he's, you know, more of, a, more of a polarizing player on the court. Uh, now, Embiid is easier to figure out in a playoff series, too. So, like, you know, that's the problem with Embiid. Embiid, teams will be able to game plan. Even the Brooklyn Nets showed it. Like, if you double him early, uh, you know, it, it's not so great. What you really need is, like, the more guys that can beat you, the better. In order to do that, you have to put players in a position where they can have D.C. usage. You don't know who's going to have the night. So without Harden, there, there's elements of that there, right? Is it a bead? Obviously, it's probably going to be a bead, but you can have Harrison Maxi. Now, let's look back at what the Clippers could offer. Is it even meaningful or not? Well, let us not forget, when Leonard and Paul George were both out, you know, with this sort of, like, really injury team, uh, the Clippers weren't that bad. They they made a run as a play in, okay? And I think the Clippers have underrated depth. Right? Like they they you know, we gotta give credit for some of these guys on this team. And let's like, you know, like let's look analyze a little bit further, right? So Let's look at the club's rotation, right? Let's look at the rotation without Leonard and George. For, let's say Leonard and George are out. This is typically what they flow. So, you know, look, you have um, Westbrook, Terrence Mann, Nick Batum, Norman Powell, uh, Amir Coffey, uh, Marcus Morris, okay? You got Zubach, right? Uh, they picked up Plumley, right? Not worth nothing. They—that's eight guys. Um, Ro- Robert Covington, you know, nine. Reggie Jackson, ten. They have ten guys that could beat an NBA rotation. So the point you have to make now is, like and the Clippers are void of some guys, right? So the Clippers just saw Shake Milton. Uh, he went to Minnesota. Furcon Korkmaz was flirting with the rotation guys. He not, I don't know. Five has gone, right? McDaniel's. I'm not sure if he was re-signed. So the question is, is this a, a good match? And it's a good match if Maury understands the new NBA and realizes he got to go deep. And I'll give you you know, a couple sample ideas. But if you're the Clippers, I mean, if you're the Sixers, and you can increase IQ and off-the-ball talent around Embiid, you got to think about it. So I'll give you a couple sample ideas, right? So let's say... One is you have, um, and it's silly to say this guy's a center of a trade, but you have like Norman Powell. Okay, so you, you bring Powell there, um, and let's say you get a three for one. Let's say it's Powell, um, Plumley, and and Terrence Mann, and a few firsts. Let's say let's say you add Batum to that. That's a lot. That's probably too much, or Covington. All right. Now, all of a sudden, we got something cooking. Now, if you're smart and you're the Sixers, you take advantage of a team that wants Harden and you unload some of your junk. So, like, right now, I wouldn't I wouldn't want P.J. Tucker. And the reason why, if I'm the Sixers, I don't like Tucker, is Tucker's relegated well to an off-the-ball four. He can't really shoot as well. And Harris is better at the four. Right? So, if I'm the Sixers in this situation, let me take advantage. And the Cookers have a lot of wings. A lot of three combo fours, I should say. Between Covington, Morris, um, Batum, a lot of guys can play three four. Amir Coffee. So if I'm the Sixers, I would do a, a four for two. Okay? And if I could unload Tucker with Harden and get Powell, um, you know, you don't need Plumlee because you got Paul Reed behind and beat, I suppose, but Plumlee's a lot better. But let's say it's Powell, um, or see, maybe 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 is in there. You know, I don't know if we consider it, but definitely Powell, Covington, um, Terrence Mann, uh, Batum, and and first, you gotta consider it. Let us let's, let's figure, let's say it's the, the best four rotation talents on the Clippers, right? Which to me is gonna be um, Powell, Terrence Mann, um Probably Batum. And let's say it's, well, Cummington to me, Cummington I could go both ways on. He didn't, uh, he didn't really excel. Um, you know, yeah, Marcus Morris is old, so that, that one that one becomes tough, but, but let's say it's Plumlee. Let's say it's Plum, Right? That's the four best rotation towns. So it's not the best fit with Plumlee there, but I'll explain. Right? You got to figure, like, Probably should have let um, the Jazz just take it. Let's say that's the move. Let's look at this new Sixers team. Okay. So now, look, a backup point guard is, you know, but whatever. Let, let's say you got, you, you start Maxi, Powell, okay, um, Batum, Harris, and Bede. Okay. Off the bench, playing like either guard slot, you got Terrence Mann, backup combo guard. Um, you got, um, you know, I don't know what you do. Let's say you keep McDaniels, Humley Reed. That's eh, not great. It's not great. We got to do a little better. We got to do a little better, right? The question becomes basically if I swap Harden and Harris for their four best rotational guys, is that is that going to make me a lot better? I, I It's a tough one. I, I don't know. I think um, – Yeah, something they have to, to figure out. But look, B- Batum was very healthy, high IQ guy, could play a myriad of roles. How is more of an offensive guy. Does he really help you in a series? I don't know. Right? Like it, the 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 specifics aren't as critical as, as just the thought. If you get like four good, right? If you get like, let's say you got Covington, Powell, Man, Batum. I mean, then it, gets, then it gets quite interesting, right? Um, and you probably got to pick up a player here or there. You got to maybe do some clever free agency work, right? Uh, McDaniels, again, is a guy. McDaniels I'd want to see for a fuller time without, um, you know, James Harn on that team, right? And maybe you put McDaniels as that backup for it. Maybe I don't even get a center, so I don't even need coming to right? Like, let's say in the end of the day, you know, make it simple. Right? Let's make it simple. So let's say at the end of the day, I got Powell Man um, Batum and, she's I don't know, you know, and like a mere coffee. Okay. Which, again, I probably need a Powell Man Batum. Mmm. Yeah, Powell Man Batum. Um, and it's, let's see before we even get to that, and let's say Plumlee. Nah, I no, can't do Plumlee. Now. Powell Man Powell, Batum. Okay, so now let's restructure this team. You have Maxi, um, Powell, um, McDaniel's, Harrison, Bede. Okay, off the bench. Let's say let's say Covington is my guy. So then I'll do. Covington, Batum, Man, Reed off the bench. That's a pretty killer nine-man rotation. Especially going to the playoffs, the guys who know what they're doing like Batum. I like that. I like that idea a lot. You know, the reason why I like it is because those guys have shown what they could do without the. They could do well without Leonard and George, and they do well with Leonard and George. They're flexible talents. Batum, Man is really the core of it. If I want to add Powell and Covington, fine. But I have major depth. I have spacing all around Embiid. Okay. Um, you let the Clippers get plumbly. And on the Clippers side, like, I understand you got thin. You're left with like a mere coffee in those guys. But if you have at least Harden to carry you through the regular season, Harden gets the mantle. He's fully high usage, right? Which is a huge boon for him. You know, he loves that. Um, and you got reggie jackson there too you still got russell westbrook potentially i don't even know what they're doing with him it's it's an interesting uh unit it is and that, that i don't even know if it's better for the clippers i think the clippers have to do it given where they placed the last couple of years this court flow isn't working and their hope would be the Clippers' hope would be that one of george or leonard is healthy um at the time of the playoffs and then like i think it works well for both teams like, you know, the the East is a, a bit more open than people realize, and I think there's an under. This still happens every every time in the NBA. Play, teams still overrate like the star talent component. What they're not good at is identifying who the true star talent is. They they let perception become reality. So this happened to Harden. This happens to guys like you know Trey Young. Okay, if you're deficient in an area, that's a big problem for a superstar. Meaning, like if you got to be doing the other things in an extremely good manner to make up for it, okay? So, like, Trey Young has to be your highest usage guy on a roster. Um, But you're making up so much defensively. The the question is, like, what net net positive is he giving you? And there's guys like that, right? Like, the Celtics were better after they removed those guys and they reallocated the shot distribution when they got rid of Thomas and Walker. We talked about this. To Tatum and, and other guys. And this is a, a, a shot distribution too. Now Harden, the difference is Harden's more efficient on the offensive end. He's not like the Rudy Gays of the world, where like when the Grizzlies got rid of him, they were better with redistribution. Um, if you redistribute, if you redistribute Harden, you're probably not going to find as much efficiency offensively. Now Harris was really good. Maxi could be good. You could maybe get ninety-five percent of the way there. So you're not you're losing a little bit on offense, but you're definitely going to gain on defense, and that's part of the key. Okay. the other thing that you might do is maybe on the distribution, you enhance other guys. So while the shots go to Maxi and Harris is not so great, Embiid becomes a little better because you have the spacers around him. And guys who know what they're doing and and can play a myriad of roles. So overall, it's worth it for Philly. Just the distribution factor. You let Maxi increase his value. And then, and then you give it one more year with Embiid. And then, honestly, if Embiid wants to move or, or if something bigger happens there, Max's value all of a sudden skyrockets as a result, and you have a better chance at um, at supremacy for Philly. And, and that, to me, is what Philly should do: Harden to the Clippers. Let's make it happen.